Hey guys, and welcome to the Small Business Big Stories podcast. I'm your host, Brittany, and I'm so excited to be bringing you some of the best Toronto female entrepreneurs and their stories. This podcast is for my Toronto ladies, millennial ladies to be exact, who are looking to start their own side hustle or to take their passion project full time. Now, we're going to be working on that self-confidence and helping you see that badass businesswoman that you are, but we're also going to be equipping you with tangible resources and tools. For example, where to even go to register your business, what platforms to use when you start invoicing your clientele, and so much more. When I was first starting my business, and that wasn't too long ago, I was a bit overwhelmed, really nervous, really hesitant, and I started to lean on the mentors and the female entrepreneurs around me. And I thought to myself, how selfish would I be if I didn't share this with aspiring female entrepreneurs and specifically my Torontonians? This is my home. This is where my heart is. And this is where I want to help out the most. So grab a pen and paper, get comfy, be prepared to learn a lot and be prepared to be inspired. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and we'll chat soon. Hey, Cassandra, thank you so much for joining me this evening. I know with your busy schedule, you, uh, your time is precious. Uh, I want to, again, thank you for making the time and uh, give a little introduction as to who you are um, and how I came across you. So essentially, I came to know of you from my mom. Um, I will say to this day, like you, the work that you did with her microblading was absolutely incredible. I think it's been, I don't know how long it's been. It's been like maybe three or four years. She has yet to go for a touch up. So yeah. whatever you do, <laughs> it's magic. You made a world of a difference to my mom. Um, and for anyone who doesn't know, uh, just really at the surface level, because Cassandra's going to do a way better job of introducing herself, but Cassandra works uh, in the microblading and tattoo industry. Um, she does incredible work. One of them being uh, my mom's beautiful eyebrows. Uh, and that's how I came across Cassandra and her work. Uh, I am going to fully pass it over to you because you will do a way better job explaining. Uh, we're just gonna have a good time, get to know you and uh, have the audience get to know you, what you do. And, uh, and yeah, you're just gonna speak to really the female entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs of Toronto um, and just giving them the advice from an absolute powerhouse. So right, uh, right on to you. Cool, thanks so much. Um... Really nice to meet you, Brittany. Uh, <laughs> I, I absolutely remember your mom, Elizabeth. Yes. She is, she was awesome. She came to see me um, to get microblading. Yeah, like two, three, maybe even four years ago. I haven't even yeah. looked at the book. Um, and she came to me and she came for a touch up and uh, she was awesome right away. Like we just clicked, we bonded, we vibed right away. She was a really cool person. So I definitely appreciate you reaching out um, and getting in touch with me for this project because I think it's really cool and super important for women to support other women in all aspects of life and especially in industry as we, you know, continue to, uh, we need to outshine the boys. We still work in some male-dominated industries and that needs to change, I think. 
Um, so a little bit about myself, I'm 39 years old. I've been tattooing for just over six years. I was a professionally trained makeup artist for over 18 years. Wow. And uh, I worked in fashion and editorial and bridal and brows were always kind of my jam because they make such a huge difference on a person's face. Like I look at pictures of me from when I was a teenager and I've got these skinny little 90s, you know, Pamela Anderson <laughs> shitty brows. And I look at pictures of myself now, like 20 years later, and I look 20 years younger because my brows actually frame my face. Yes. Um, so that's something that I always kind of wanted to provide that service for women too, because it makes such a huge difference in like your confidence and the way that you perceive yourself, which is the most important thing, you know? doesn't matter how anyone, how anyone else sees us. We, you know, we put makeup on and we get dressed and we do our hair to make ourselves feel better. Absolutely. Um, I'm a huge, huge advocate for that. You know, do anything you can to make yourself feel better. It's, it's self, self-love comes first. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I discovered microblading. I had always wanted to get my eyebrows tattooed, but back in the day, we were seeing really kind of like solid block, almost like Sharpie eyebrow tattoos. Yes. And a lot of times they would age and turn what I like to call as a tattooer now, prison tattoo blue. (laughs) So that's really like, it's really interesting. Like people were using like really heavy saturated brown pigments and, and black pigments to tattoo eyebrows on people's faces. Um, and a lot of these procedures were happening in like aesthetic salons. They weren't, we didn't have like a whole separate industry for cosmetic tattooing back in the day. Um, so what happens is when you have a cool undertone, like if you've got yellow undertones in your skin, your black tattoos, like on your body as well, they age and turn blue. If you've got warm undertones, they age and turn green. So there's tattoo blue and tattoo green. And this is what I was seeing on eyebrows walking down the street all the time and it freaked me out and I was like I don't want I don't want that to happen to my face like that's that's crazy yes so I discovered microblading um through a colleague of mine Anna who is phenomenal and she told me about this program that was being run in Europe they weren't teaching in Canada or the U.S. North America at all they were only teaching in Europe so just over six years ago, I traveled to Spain and I did my first course for microblading and eyebrow tattooing. I fell in love with it so much. Uh, I went back to Spain six months later and did additional training for like eyeliner and lips and freckles and stuff like that. So that kind of like that began my career and I immediately switched to working for myself, starting my business, cosmetic tattooing. And I very quickly came to see that a lot of my clients were women who were either recovering from chemo or getting ready to go for chemo, um, which is interesting. Yeah. And it was something that I had never really considered before, because I mean, I feel like if you don't live it, then you don't know, Um, you know, and it was these women that were like totally freaked out. Like I've lost my eyebrows or I'm going to lose my eyebrows and I don't Mm want to lose my sense of self. I want to still look like me while going through this super traumatic experience, which is totally understandable. It touched my heart in many, many ways. And so I found, you know, like that was a huge base of my clientele was helping women get through the transit transition of starting 
chemo and like starting recovery and trying to do self-care and self-love while they were going through this intensely traumatic thing, which was really, um, it was really inspiring to me actually. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine just because again, like it's such a vulnerable time and a scary time and you know, the last thing, and I can only imagine because I've never been through this and I don't know really anyone close to me who has gone through chemo. Um, but what I can only imagine is that just the, the simple idea of you losing, you know, I wouldn't say simple things, but things that you're so used to, like you don't even take a second thought about eyebrows or, um, about your hair like you just you know you get up in the morning you throw it back or you you do whatever you do with it you know for five minutes and then you walk out out of the door and you know when that situation happens to you it's like those little things become so magnified yeah and yeah I can I can only imagine the experience that you had with these women Um, and just, you know, them perhaps sharing their stories with you or just sharing that whole experience with you. Uh, and yeah, I mean, there's, there's really no words for it because again, I've never experienced it, but I can only imagine what it would feel like to lose your sense of identity and lose the things that you have taken, maybe taken for granted or not even given a second thought to, um, in the, in the past. And now it's like in front of your face, you have no choice, but to face it. Um, and so how long have you been? Cause I know that you said that you treat women with who are going through chemo or about to go through chemo, but you also treat, and I am going to get this wrong. So I'm just going to briefly describe it. Those that have other skin conditions as well. What yes. would those oh. be? So my, uh, a lot of my other clients come to see me with either alopecia they're they're I'm not well-versed in alopecia, but I understand like the clients that come to see me come with two forms of alopecia. So there's like, um, alopecia areata, which is like all of your body hair. And then there's the other kind of alopecia that I'm aware of where it's just kind of selective. Like it could be patches in your hair. It could Mm -hmm. be just your eyebrows. Um, so I have clients that come to see me with that. And I also have clients to come that come see me with uh, a condition called trichotillomania, which Mm. is a, it's a, it's a compulsive disorder where you, you pull out your hair. Some people pull out their eyelashes or pull out their eyebrows. Some people peel the dead skin off their lips. Um, Some people really pick their pimples and it's something like it's, it's compulsive. Um, and they can't help it. And it, but it's like a very real reality. Like one day they're looking in the mirror and going, Oh shit, I have no eyebrows left. What do I do? And for a lot of women, you know, like, unfortunately society is super beauty based and societal norms of beauty and blah, 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 which I totally hate. It's what we live in though. And for a lot of women, they struggle to draw their eyebrows on and draw them symmetrically because it's a challenge, you know, and I have so many, I have so many clients that come and see me and they're like, Oh, sorry. I wore makeup today. I tried to draw my eyebrows on. I don't really, you know, I'm not really good at it. And I'm like, I'm always to this day, six years later, I'm always surprised when women are apologetic about not knowing how to draw their eyebrows on. 
kid is, 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 is not easy. It is not yeah. easy to draw your eyebrows on. I am literally trained in school to know face symmetry and know how to draw them on. And I have special little three-prong calipers. It's called a Galileo compass. I've seen them. Where things are supposed to go on your face, you know, like it's, yeah. it's nobody should ever be uh, like embarrassed for not knowing how to symmetrically draw on eyebrows. It's, it's just, uh, it's a totally normal thing. I have uh, the brow tinting from Benefit Cosmetics. And yep. even that scares me a little bit. Like I'll look in the mirror and be like, mm, they're not twins, but they're sisters. So I'll deal with it today. Uh, but yeah, it's so, it's so tricky. And because it's such a defining feature of your face, yeah. it's, you, you feel so nervous just like approaching them or that idea of, trying to manipulate them in any sort of way. Like the women who, I know some people who like wax their own eyebrows um, yeah, or yeah, or like tweeze. And I do a little bit, but never to the point where it's going to affect my shape in any way. It's always right. like the stragglers that are like independent and underneath. And I'm like, I yeah. can do that. I can handle that. But yeah. if I wanted anything more, I'm going to someone like you for sure. Uh, who, yeah, because it's like you said, it's much deeper than just like, oh, follow the existing shape that you have. If you have little to none, you don't even know what shape to follow. You don't even know thought, what bone structure to follow. And faces are faces are generally not symmetrical. I've got right. one eye, one of my eyes closes more than my other eye. That's okay. Same. You know, I've got like, I mean, I'm a victim. I'm like, I'm 39 years old. So I was born in 1982. I'm a victim of Pamela Anderson eyebrows. My girlfriend, when I was 14, plucked, tweezed my eyebrows and they never grew back. Yeah. I have like literally my natural eyebrow on this eyebrow on my, on my right one is like, <laughs> is like this skinny little shelf of hair along the bottom. And then this one only grows to my arch. And it's like, before I got my eyebrows tattooed for the first time by my friend Anna, I was like terrified to like give people hugs because my eyebrows would rub off or like make out with someone because my eyebrows would come. I can't sleep at your house because I don't have my eyebrow makeup. You know, I can't go swimming because I don't want my eyebrows to come off. Um, it's like every decision you made was based on your wraps. Yeah, crazy. Like, oh, I can't go out in the summer heat because it's too hot and my eyebrows are going to melt off. Like it was just crazy. Um, I remember the first time that I went away on vacation to Costa Rica after I had my eyebrows tattooed and I got out of the ocean and I wiped my face very casually and I was like, oh my God, my eyebrows. And then I looked in my, in my little pocket mirror and I was like, oh shit, they're microbladed. Oh my God, I don't have to worry about this anymore. And it was like a total game changer for me. And that is what made me want to go learn how to do it. Yeah. Because it was like, if this made such a huge difference to me so many other people are going to feel like that. And honestly, like I tattoo men and women for their eyebrows. Oh, really? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Like, uh, like a lot more women than, than I do men, but I definitely yes. have tattooed male eyebrows. Um, and for like some pretty important people, actually. Oh, um, <laughs> that's okay. Yeah. No, but it's interesting because we think that beauty standards are only targeted towards women, but they're okay. not. No. Men are as much of a victim to it as we are. Uh, and I've heard it firsthand from a lot of my guy friends uh, that especially their body uh, yeah. and the expectations of that, you know, that six pack 
that like hairless chest and really nobody is made that way like nobody actually looks like that even the guys who you see on tv they don't naturally look like that uh and again with women too they don't naturally look like that a lot of these women a lot of things that happen behind the scenes behind that camera behind that instagram filter uh we don't get to see that Uh, but it's so scary that these standards have like have had such an impact for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years and uh and it just keeps cycling through and it's one thing that you know I will say that it's so promising to see and you can speak more on this as well but to see women in more male-dominated industries coming on in and shaking things up and shaking those beauty standards up uh I think it's really important because those beauty standards don't reflect our current society. I don't think they've ever no. reflected any real person. No. So if you can like speak a little bit on how, when you started in the industry uh, in terms of, you know, what the landscape looks like, who you work next to um, also, you know, just working with brows and seeing now men coming to you uh, to get their brows done. What was sort of, what was that image like? What was, how was the landscape changed from when you first started to now? I mean, so when I first uh, like graduated my program from Spain, um, I was the very first person to be like, to graduate that program in Canada, like in North America, in the US and Canada. Yeah. Um, that was crazy. So like the Toronto, land- right. The, mm-hmm. the Toronto landscape for, for microblading back then was not, not a lot of people were doing it. Like there was like Tina Davies, who's like the big, you know, name. Yes. Micro- yeah. And she, I mean, she studied in like in Asia, like years and years and years ago and kind of brought Westernized that technique and brought it over here. Um, yeah. So when I first, uh, when I first graduated that program, you know, in Canada, there was like Tina Davies here in Toronto. Um, and then there was like a few other people. And then there was me. Um, I graduated from like, basically now we are six years later. It's the biggest company that teaches microblading. And when, when I originally learned, I actually trained with the founder of that company. Is it he five? Is it five? Yeah. Feet like fee or five brow. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I train with them and, and I have like conflicting issues with that company now because I feel unfortunately that they've moved towards just, um, you know, being more concerned about money and, and that kind of side of the thing, mm. uh, that kind of side of the industry versus like actually cultivating artists, right. um, which I don't agree with. Um, there are instructors that I do respect, but they are very few and far between. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really, I have a lot of people that will come to me and be like, Hey, I want to learn this too. You know, where do I go? And I'm like, Oh gosh, like you're going to have to let me sit on that for a minute to like send you, because I don't want to send someone to an instructor that I don't, that I can't vouch for on an ethical level. Absolutely. Um, You know, so the, the, the landscape has really changed in Toronto. Like there's a lot of people, there's a lot of schools, there's a yes. lot of trainers. And I use those terms very loosely. 
Um, you know, they're not teaching proper um, bloodborne pathogens training. They're not teaching cross-contamination. They're not even really caring if these people are have an artistic aptitude for eyebrows. They're just mm. kind of like taking their money, teaching them for three days and sending them off out into the world. And my biggest problem with that is like from an ethical standpoint, this isn't a tattoo that you can hide. No, it's right. It's right there on your face. You can't even cover it with a hat unless you want to like, you know, rock that bandana over your eyebrow look for the rest of your life. Forever and always. Um, because I've talked to a lot of laser techs as well. And it's like, okay, so, you know, what do I do? Cause I've got a lot of clients that come and see me and say, Hey, I went for like a Groupon brow deal. Or like, I went to this girl who needed to expand her portfolio and I hate my brows. And I've got women coming to me in tears and I'm so freaking sensitive. I'm in tears and we're crying together. And it's like, I want to help you, but I can't like, there's nothing I can do. They're too dark. They're too big. The shape is totally wrong. I can't fix them. I want to, but I can't. Um, you know, so I'm talking to my laser tech friends and going, Hey, you know, like, what can we do? Can they be lasered off? And my laser tech friends are telling me it's really hard to have brows lasered off because the laser can fragment and bounce off your brow bone and hit your retina and cause blindness. Mm. So a lot of, right? (laughs) No. So a lot of laser techs are really apprehensive about removing the eyebrows with laser tattoo removal. Yeah. So you have to go really specialized, which means spending a ton of money to have them removed. When if you would have just done your research as a client, gone to someone who knew what they were doing in the first place, you wouldn't be in this situation, but it's everything in life is hindsight 2020. Absolutely. You know, like I've definitely, I've definitely like done stupid things because it was like, I was like, oh, this is a cheap deal. I'm going to do that. Okay. Like instant regret. I'll tell you that I have maybe one upped a lot of people by getting a tattoo done on a kitchen floor. Um, (laughs) And that was 19 and just thriving and thinking that, you know what, this is cool and it's free. And this is a story that I can tell forever. And now I have this really sad tattoo on my ribs that, you know what? And I'm really proud of myself that one of my first tattoos was on my ribs. So kudos to me for that but not so kudos to me for who I got it done by. And I'm sure they're great artists now, but at the time it was like, they were still very green and there was still a lot to be learned. And what I have written, it doesn't even look English. (laughs) Like I'm just embarrassed to show anyone. And so, yeah, just going back to brow, like at least, you know, I can hide that. And you know what? Yeah. I'll get it. I'll get it covered. And it's, it's not a big deal. You make interesting choices at, at different ages. Um, and that's one of my interesting ones, but yeah, for brows, for sure. Again, people, you know, and I, and I think it's tricky too, because it is quite an investment to get your eyebrows microbladed. Uh, yes. And I think people want to look at it and be like, you know, it's just aesthetic purposes. But I mean, you have clearly shown us in the last, I don't know, 20-ish minutes that it's way beyond aesthetics, that yes. this can be a life-changing experience for somebody, especially. For better or worse. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. For better or for worse. And yeah. so taking the time to really do your homework and really think, you know, 
if I'm willing to do this, to put this on my face, I really need to be sure. I really need to be sure about the artist. I need to be sure financially that I can make that happen because yeah. browse and Groupon shouldn't really come in the same sentence. No. I don't think, no, unfortunately. Please, please don't do it. I, I, as an artist, I have never, not one time offered a Groupon for my services and I never will. Yeah. Yeah. It, um, it's not, it's not, it's not Groupon work. And there's nothing wrong with Groupon, no, especially for experiences. Um, and if you're working on a budget, but if you're getting something like this done, it shouldn't really be on a budget per se. No, no, I don't like, I mean, I'm a tattoo artist as well. So like, I, like I started doing brows and then I always wanted to be a tattoo artist since I was 15, but in the nineties, it was such a heavily male dominated industry. Don't get me wrong. It totally still is a boys club, but yes. they weren't accepting females as apprentices when I was like a teenager. Um, and I never really found a way in. So I went the makeup route, but, um, oh my God, I completely lost what I was going to say. This is like my, this is my fucking Gemini brain. It's like, da -da 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 -da. Oh, ADHD. Oh, oh, cool. I'm a Gemini as well. <laughs> so many squirrel what moments what you were uh, you were talking about how it's such a male dominated industry and at, as a teenager they weren't accepting any female apprentices so you went the makeup route yeah yeah but like what were we talking about before that because I was like leading up I was leading up to like the whole to circle back to like what we were talking about before that oh we were talking about like making an investment in your brows and that being an investment and you not it's not like group on material and you never like put group on on your right, right, right. yeah like at like okay so for group ons like yeah being a tattoo artist um, as well as a cosmetic tattoo artist, as an artist in either one of those subsections, I have never offered a Groupon and I never will because Groupons are fantastic. Don't get me wrong. I love deals. I love coupons. I love saving money where I can, yes. but when it comes to something permanent, that's just something that you should never, ever, ever sacrifice. And like, girl, you got off lucky with that kitchen floor tattoo, that it's just a sucky tattoo. Cause we all have, I have sucky tattoos too. I made horrible tattoos. It could have been an infected sucky tattoo. You could have had a you could have had a staff party, a staff infection party yeah. in your body, which is thank you the worst of the worst <laughs> of the worst. I know, you know, yeah. Um, and I see it like I I'm on so many forums online, and I see people being like, "Oh yeah, I tattooed me and my girlfriends got tattooed at this house party this weekend," and it's like, "Does my tattoo look infected?" Yes. Oh my fucking God. Please go to the emergency room. You clearly have a staph infection. Like oh. it's just like, Oh yeah. It's my heart. But the, but people love the experience. Like it clearly shows people love the experience of getting a tattoo. It's daring. It's thrilling. Sure. It's like for all the adrenaline junkies, for it's sure. one of like the go-tos. Uh, but everyone who is listening as much Please. as your <laughs> as much as your adrenaline runs as there's, much there's as like like there's nothing wrong with getting tattooed by an apprentice if you literally just want a tattoo um and you don't care what it looks like and you don't care if it goes too deep or blows out or anything you just want a tattoo but you want it cheap 
go to an apprentice at a tattoo shop, man, like an actual tattoo shop and say, go there and be like, hey, do you have any apprentices that you're training right now? I want to give them a shot. You know, everybody starts somewhere. I, we all started somewhere and we grow, we continue to grow as artists. And like for my brow clients, I've had clients that have been consistently coming to see me for six years straight. And we build a relationship over time. And like with my tattoo clients now too, like, you know, tattooing two years outside of my apprenticeship, that's like two years of an apprenticeship, two years of full tattooing. And like, I've got clients that came to see me when I was an apprentice and they're still says a lot. And it's so cool. Like, and I love that. And you build a relationship and I'll tell you what too, industry secret keep going to the same tattooer and build a relationship and build a rapport because you'll probably end up getting really freaking good deals on tattoos, especially if it's something that they want to do. Yeah. If that's the mistake I made, I was yeah. just so, uh, I was just so thrilled to get a tattoo yeah. that I was just like, uh, where is the most reasonably priced? And there are <laughs> like, I have quite a few tattoos that I do really like or sure. my hand tattoo being one of them. Uh, but it's one of those things where like, I just haven't given one artist that consistent, uh, commitment, which I mean, it rings true. Like if you want to, it's like anything in your life, if you want to do anything or make any sort of step, uh, or, or, you know, make any sort of decision in that way. Uh, especially in this industry, it's like, it's about building that relationship and, and being consistent with that individual. And yeah, putting work into anything is consistency, uh, you know, building relationships to help you grow and tattooing is no different. And I guess just, you know, in my young mind, I was just like, oh, they're having a good deal over there. Like, let me go over there. And, uh, Sometimes it's worked and sometimes it hasn't (laughs) for sure. And so many people do that, you know, and like, I just, I've, I've like, I mean, I've noticed that over the years, like my clients that have been consistent, that come to see me, they'll come to me with wild shit that they know that I would love doing. And I'm like, so stoked about it. And I'm like, oftentimes I'll be like, I'm giving this to you for half price. Cause I straight up just want this in my portfolio. Yes. You know? Yeah. But you know what, just speaking on that particular topic, and that's amazing that you do that, but you as an artist should not ever feel like you have to, which I know you've been in the industry for so long now, you don't feel that way. You just want, you just want that experience of that tattoo. Uh, And I feel like it's just it would be an absolute insult to be like, oh, tattooing so expensive. And it's like, it is for a reason. It's worth it. <laughs> Absolutely. It's and it's like it. somebody, it's an artist putting their work on your body, spending countless hours designing uh, and, you know, hunched over you. And it's yeah. not, it's not an easy job by any means. No. Uh, and and I think people need to realize that more when they take into consideration and wanting to get a tattoo, um, which is why, and correct me if I'm wrong, this, this, I don't know, a fad or trend that's happening with all these little tattoos. Um, is this just like a look? Is this just people who are like, you know what? This is my budget. We're going with this. Are you finding this to be a trend? These smaller tattoos? Are you, 
Are you talking about like the super tiny tattoos with a ton of detail? Oh uh, no, I'm talking about the tiny tattoos with like, that's like a line or like a star or just the really simplistic I mean, ones. Yeah, I mean, we used to like, we call those, we call those gap fillers. Ah, like, okay. So we, like we, like, you know, in traditional tattooing back in the day of like Sailor Jerry and all that, yes. um, you know, you would get to a certain point on your sleeve, like you would have, it's like a sticker style sleeve where it's like all these individual tattoos and it's not necessarily one cohesive flowing thing. Right. Um, so once you would get to a certain point with that, you'd have all these teeny tiny little gaps in between the tattoos and to fill them up, we'd put like tiny tattoos. Got it. And like little stars and like, it would just be, they're called gap fillers. Or yes. Like zap zappers or bangers like those are the three kind of names that we like in the tattoo industry give Ew. them like hey you want to or like a jammer hey you want to do a little, little jammer like yeah fuck I got time for a little jammer yeah let's let's bang it out you know um yeah. so I think like they've always been pretty common but yeah like now they're kind of they're they're like definitely picking up in popularity those yes. little ones um and the little ones with super lots of detail I hate those yeah. they age like crap they're just going to turn into a blob and like, fuck you ink box for making people think that that shit is true. Yes. Just because you can print it on a piece of paper doesn't mean you can tattoo it on skin. No. And it's, it. and that's like, not, it's not ink that's going into your skin and reacting to your skin. Correct me if I'm wrong. Ink box is temporary tattoo. Yeah. But they, it, but they make it seem as though like, oh, these tattoos are so appealing. And then people are like, well, let me actually go th get this type of tattoo. And then the result is not as great. Like I have, I have some finger tattoos as well. Um, my friend did, yeah, my friend did stick and poke on me and yeah. they, th I mean, they've healed really well and the color turned out really well. Uh, but I wouldn't get any more detail than this. Than right. like some lines and some dots personally speaking just yep. because I have heard uh from artists such as yourself that small tattoos are quite tricky especially within the healing process they might just turn yeah. into a blob uh yeah. so maybe steer clear from that uh like tiny, tiny tiny script yeah. it looks so, looks so good like the first like month yes after after born but then it just gradually looks shittier and shittier and shittier and shittier until you yeah. can't even tell what it says anymore because it's just like it's just blurred. It's just For like sure. the ink, the ink spreads in the skin over time and blurs out. It just does with all tattoos, especially if you don't take care of it with sunscreen. Yes. Um, like I don't even tan my body anymore. Like I'm like afraid. I've turned into a vampire because I'm so heavily tattooed that I'm just like ah sunshine. Like no. I'll put bronzer on my face in the summertime and like spray tan to fake it, but I am never in the sun. Yeah. I have like, oh. I have like a down payment for a house tattooed on my body. <laughs> I can, you're like, I am not <laughs> screwing this up. Thank you very no, much, like, son. Why would, why, why would I ruin that? Like, I've just paid so much money to have my, a lot of my body covered in tattoos. Like, why would I go out in the sun and, and bake them? Absolutely. Um, but people make choices. <laughs> Yes, is the moral of the story. They make choices, good ones, bad ones, you know, some in between. Yeah. But uh, but take us back to your apprenticeships 
And how was it for you starting off in this industry? Like, did you go to art school or you went to school for makeup, correct? Specifically? Yeah, I went to school for makeup for film and television um, and like special effects for film and television. So it was like a lot of sculpting, a lot of anatomy, um, a lot of like really, really cool stuff. And I loved that industry for such a long time until I absolutely didn't love it anymore. Um, Yeah. And then it's time to move on. It was absolutely time to move on. But I mean, like I've worked as a goldsmith. I've worked as a fashion designer. I've worked as like a hair, I've done like three hairdressing apprenticeships. Like I've done so many, so many different arts-based jobs. Um, But for tattoos, I had a really hard time getting an apprenticeship because I wasn't one of those lucky, you know, kids that got to go to art school and still live at home and then do like a traditional tattoo apprenticeship while I'm living at home. Cause you don't get paid for doing a tattoo apprenticeship. You're just like yeah. there paying your dues, which I totally respect. Yes. And I think it's so important for people to do that instead of, you know, cheaping out um, or like co- not cheaping out, but copping out and like going to a tattoo school, which I'm sorry, you'll never get hired in a tattoo shop. If you go to a tattoo school, they're just not really? respectful. They are not respected, not at all, because you're not paying your dues within the industry and you're not learning. Tattoos are so highly like coveted um, and sacred in the tattoo industry. We, we want to find someone who's super serious and super motivated and actually has an aptitude for art before we're willing to like pass that knowledge down. It's like, we almost feel like grandparents, like passing down family recipes that are like super coveted um yeah it's super super sacred and it's not it's not that we want to gatekeep we don't want to stop people from doing it but we just want to make that the people that are doing it are really serious about it so you're not we're not just you know one of those cosmetic tattoo schools that are just willy-nilly training people and sending them off out into the world to create horrible tattoos like Uh. we we don't want that to happen I didn't even know that tattoo schools exist. Yeah, I thought it was a, just like um, the way I thought it was like art school and then you apprentice at a tattoo shop. That's the when did tattoo schools become a thing? I don't know. Like it's, I think it's within the past like five or six years. Like I even saw, I was on Udemy the other day uh, looking at like illustration courses to like okay. bump up illustration for portraits. And it was like, learn tattooing at your own pace. And I was like, oh my God, oh, oh my God, no, stop yes. this. You know, there's a tattoo course on Domestica too, which is just awful. And like all the tattooers are sitting here, like, just like, and there's nothing we can do. There's nothing we can do to make it stop. But it's like, please, if you want a tattoo apprenticeship, like go to a shop and do it properly. Show them a portfolio of your artwork show them that you have an aptitude for art and that you're super serious about it and just do it, make it happen. Even if you can only apprentice a couple days a week to start, like just do it the proper way. Like that's, that's the, honestly the best way to do it. Like you're going to learn proper cross-contamination, proper bloodborne pathogens. They're going to make you take the bloodborne pathogens course to even work in that shop in the first place. Like it's, we follow like a strict code, a health code, especially, um, that just it needs to be adhered to for the safety of not only ourselves but for our clients absolutely you know no Um, and I and I totally hear you and I think from like a customer's 
uh, or a client's point of view, it's one yeah. of those things where we don't really even think that much about it because we think about right. it as, again, a thrill-seeking, just right. risk-taking experience. Whereas from your perspective, and it's so intriguing to hear the many different layers that are involved in this particular industry and this art in itself. And, you know, just you telling me how the landscape has totally changed from, you know, it was, it was really hard for you in the beginning. And now it seems like the industry is so saturated with, yeah. you know, experiences and courses that have maybe taken a turn that is not really aligned with that authentic true essence of the art yeah and and I mean even along with that too you know faces have changed like just maybe to think about you know the faces that have sort of come you know become more prominent in the community and the industry that being more female um are you seeing more of that I know when we spoke last you said it's still pretty much a boys club and yeah it it, it is it is still in in a lot of different ways it's still very much a boys club because the boys want to keep it a boys club and they really Mm. like it to be a boys club but to be honest in the past like 10 years especially the women are crushing it. Like the women are absolutely crushing it. Um, there are more female shop owners, which I love. Yes. There are more uh, female artists actually running their own conventions. She, yes. she runs her own um, uh, tattoo convention, which is like kind of runs not like, I, I wouldn't say like against Nick's, but like, it's like kind of like, two completely different tattoo conventions but they're both in Toronto which is amazing got it Uh, you know and there's just like there's more female tattoo artists and more female tattoo artists are getting more exposure more female tattoo artists are winning at these competitions at the competitions that they have at the tattoo conventions which is amazing you know Um, and I just like that's what I want to see like at this point in my life I only get tattooed by female tattooers I feel safe more comfortable there's more of a like a nurturing vibe there like a more of an understanding vibe um and I like that it's not that I don't ever want to get tattooed by a male tattooer right I like I love supporting women and I love getting tattooed by female tattooers um and I don't know like I don't know if I should say it or not say it but I just feel like a lot of the times the women just care more because because it is already an uphill battle for us as females in the tattoo industry like we push those boundaries and we push ourselves that much harder to be seen you know which I love I love that like I I I hate that we have to do that to be seen but I love that there's kind of like this like driving force behind us being like okay come on there's so many other people. There's all these dudes. Like, show me what you got. Like, push it just a little bit further. And they do because they're the girls are just like, they're bringing it. Yeah. And I think that really, I've seen it myself uh, when I when I got my first, nope, my second tattoo. Um, I got I got it done by a female artist. 
And it was, yeah, it was, it was an excellent experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've also gotten, you know, tattooed by male artists as well. And I think it's just one of those things where it just, it's person dependent. It's, it's artist sure. dependent. Uh, I have, and there are certain experiences that I have had where they weren't positive and it was just, you know, I think with your artwork and as an artist, you're so invested in how you've evolved yourself and you are so proud of your work. And I respect that. Uh, But when you're dealing with others and the fact that they are investing in getting your art on their body, I think, yeah, there's like a little bit more bedside manner that is required Uh, so I think yeah I think tattooing I've gotten you know some experiences where it's like okay I'm getting the aspect of it that's like a little rough around the edges um and then I've all I've gotten that softer side as well and I think that's what I really love about the industry though and and I know it's you know ever evolving and there's still some things to work out I'm sure you being a part of it you know best but I think it's what I love about the industry as a whole is that you'll never you'll never really get the same personality or the same like even if you go to the same artist Mm -hmm. They are ever evolving and they are always, if you, you know, if you find someone really passionate, which if you stick with them long enough, they're obviously passionate and, and great at what they do, but it's like, you know, you're never getting the same artist every time you're always getting somebody who has just continued to better their craft. For sure. Like if, yeah like if you're sticking with an artist especially from like their apprenticeship years like up until their like third fourth fifth year of tattooing you're getting completely different art yeah you're you're being you're literally able to see that art evolve on your skin which is a really really beautiful thing but also like you could get a different like you could come see me one week and you could come see me a month later and and you could get a totally different vibe because people I think a lot of the times people forget that this is our job. Yes. But we're also humans. And like, Absolutely. we have, we have shitty days. We have, we might have had like a argument with one of our coworkers or like the shop owner that day. And it like, might've just like set a vibe. Yeah. Um, and like, we're not robots, you know, like I can't, I'm sorry if your line isn't completely laser straight. Like I'm not a robot. I'm, I'm not a tattoo robot. I'm a human person competing with a vibrating machine on stretchy bendable curved skin trying to draw straight geometric lines like super easy can do it with your eyes closed yeah like it's just (laughs) no I'm sorry I'm I wish I was I wish I had bionic tattoo on so I could do that for you but I I'm not evolved to that point yet um you know and and tattooing is such a heavy responsibility I remember when I was going through my apprenticeship one of my mentors came over and said hey, I can see the serious look on your face. You need to just like chill out and care less. And I was like offended by that. I I, I looked at them and I was like, you know what? That's really not possible for me because what I'm doing is permanent on somebody's skin. And this is a big deal to me and it will always be a big deal to me. Absolutely. 
Um, and I just thought it was so weird. Like, and it, it just like kind of clicked in my head. I'm like, is this the mentality that some tattooers have? I guess it must be if this person just said that to me. Um, cause it was crazy to me. I was like, how could, how could you not care about something you're doing to somebody's skin permanently? Um, to me, it's, it's a, such a huge honor. Any tattoo that somebody wants me to do, you know, any, any person that wants to come in and sit with me and spend that time with me and allow me to put permanent art on their body, whether it's mine or whether it's from Pinterest, I don't really care. Like to me, it's just such an honor and I love what I'm doing. Um, and I also like, don't have an ego about it. Like, I feel like if you're not, I feel like if you're not constantly learning and growing, especially as an artist, there's nowhere to go from there. You're, mm -hmm. you know, you're just, you're, you're, you're stagnant. You're not growing. Like, why would you, why would you not want to grow and experience new things? Like I learn new tattooing techniques every day. Cause I'm constantly watching, um, you know, um, like training seminars and I'm reading books about it. And I'm like talking to other tattooers and like vibing off each other. Like, Hey, did you use this color from this company? How did you find that it color packed in the skin? Yeah. What do you do for like a tips, tips and tricks for color packing this one specific color that we all seem to have a problem with, you know, yeah. like it's just, it's really, really interesting like that. Um, and as far as my art goes too, of course, I'm, I'm super, super flattered when somebody picks my personal art that I drew for no reason other than the sheer pleasure of drawing it. And they want that on their body. But also I don't have to live with that on my body. I don't mm -hmm. have to look at it every day. So if you pick something and you want to change it, I don't care. I'm more than happy to do it for you because at the end of the day, I want my clients to love what's on their skin. And it's not it should never be an ego thing. Like, Oh, I'm not changing my, I'm not changing my design. I'm not changing my drawing. You're not the person who has to look at it. Like, please, <laughs> please, please like get over yourself just like a little bit. Cause it's really not that big of a deal. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so interesting because it's just one of those industries where I think you see, like I was saying before, you, it's all about growth and constant growth and constant yeah. progress. And yeah. it's, you know, sometimes you have to stare yourself in the mirror. And I'm sure a lot of other industries can say this themselves where, you know, you get to a point where you might have to stare yourself in the mirror and be like, okay, what is it about me that I need to change in order for me to progress or in order mm -hmm. for me to uh, provide a better service? And, uh, yeah. it's not an easy thing. It's not. And even going back to, you know, you watching training seminars and talking to other artists, even hearing you say that, and I know this might sound weird, made me a little anxious because I have a tendency of overthinking, overanalyzing and to think about, you know, yes, this is permanent. And then there's all of these added layers on top. And then it's like, well, this person's doing it this way. Should I be doing it this way? Do you ever find yourself in that position where you're just like, I'm, I'm unsure. And I don't know what I'm doing in this scenario. Or do you feel like at this point, you're comfortable and confident enough in your abilities where now they're just learning experiences and there's no anxiety behind it? 
I feel, I feel like I'm comfortable and confident. I mean, granted, I'm only two years outside of my apprenticeship. So as for, like in the tattoo industry, I'm a baby and I'm yeah. totally fine. I'm a 39 year old baby. Yeah. <laughs> we'll go with that. Yes, we will. I heard it in life, but like, it just, whatever it is, what it is. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm pretty confident with, uh, with most of the things that I do in tattooing, but of course, like I'm always open to learning things like anything that's going to make my job easier or like the tattoo go faster because then that means less pain for the client. I am always open to learn that. And I'm always open to trying that. Um, you know, I think like, even like, I remember the, like recently there was one point where you know, I was always working with a really long needle hang because I like to see what I'm doing. But right. then I kind of like watching one of my colleagues tattoo and I was like, huh, like you keep your needle hang pretty short, huh? And she, and she was like, yeah, I really like the stability of it. I feel like I have to fight my machine less. And I was like, I'm going to try that the next time I tattooed. And you know what? Now I work with a shorter needle hang because I'm like, yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I don't have to work so hard to, to counterbalance the vibration of the machine with a shorter needle hang. But again, like there's some tattoos where I just need a longer needle hang. So it's like, I don't know, like it goes back and forth. It's like you try stuff and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you don't use it all the time. And sometimes it's the brand new thing that you're going to do all the time. Like it's always changing and growing. And like, there's just so much malleable information in the industry that you can just like try. Yeah. And there's, and there's so much beauty behind it and it's, there's so many stories behind it too. I think it's very, I mean, again, correct me if I'm wrong because you're the artist here and you <laughs> see thousands and thousands of people, but I feel like for the most part, people come with a story and everybody walks around with a story and the ability and the bravery and the vulnerability it took for that person to walk into your shop and be like, I want to tell that story a little bit more openly and put that on my skin yeah. is again, something that draws me to the industry so much. Like I would never myself think about being a tattoo artist. There is no art that much artistic aptitude happening over here in that regard. Uh, and that's, and that's cool, but I will forever be a client. Uh, I will forever be a consumer because, you know, to me, it's, it's your ability as an artist. I have such an appreciation for artists and it's your ability as an artist to express yourself. And it's also a reciprocal exchange where I get to express myself in my own way too. I get questions sometimes where people will be like, well, what is this tattoo for? Like my thing, like my finger tattoos. And I'm like, honestly, yeah. uh, my friend wanted to practice her stick and poke technique. So I let her. Yeah. But there's nothing wrong with that. You know what? Okay. There are two types of clients that we see. There's the clients that are coming in for like super meaningful tattoos. Maybe it's their first tattoo. I do a lot of first tattoos. A lot, a lot, a lot. Because I'm so light-handed. A lot of people will recommend their friends to me and like, oh, Cass was so gentle. Go see her. Which yeah. is great. And I love it. I love doing first tattoos. Um, and those ones are the ones that are the most meaningful because it's a big deal to get your first tattoo. It is. And once you get around like tattoo number four, I feel like you start to care less because it's mm -hmm. not such a big deal. Yeah. Um, but then we have clients that like every single tattoo we get, 
is a super meaningful tattoo. There's a whole story behind it. We do a lot of memorial tattoos, which are sometimes very like emotionally taxing for us as artists too, especially like, I mean, for me, I'm empathic. I'm super sensitive. I try and maintain my hard outer shell, but on the inside, I'm really just like a big puddle of goo, unfortunately. And like, sometimes I've had to stop tattooing to like wipe tears from my, like pull my glove off, wipe tears from my eyes and then glove back up. Right. And then we've got the people, like the clients that come in that are like, I just want something fucking cool. And it's like, yes, like I, I vibe with those clients so hard only because most of my tattoos, if not all of my tattoos mean nothing. Honestly, I have to come see you because I am at that phase where I'm just like, I just want something cool. Um, I'll cover up my crappy ones later, but I just want something cool right now. (laughs) My tattoos literally mean that I like tattoos. Yeah. And that's okay. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be like a big production. It doesn't have to be, doesn't have to be meaningful. If it's meaningful, that's awesome. And I fully support you. But also if if it literally means nothing and you just like the way it looks good for you. (laughs) You went through that session, you felt a little bit of pain. And that was, and that's the thing too, right? Is that it's more than just the tattoo, but it's the whole experience yeah. that just like, I, you can't describe it to anyone who doesn't have a tattoo. You're just like, it's, it's more about the piece of work. Yes. Majority of it is, but a lot of it is like walking into the tattoo shop, like sitting down, getting ready uh, to go through what a lot of people think to be, you know, a thrill seeking experience, which it is like to this day, I think I have eight or 10. (laughs) It's not, I'm not quite clear right now, (laughs) eight or 10, eight to 10. Uh, And yeah, I'm at the point, like I just said to you, where I'm like, I just want something cool. And, uh, and let's go with that. Let's start there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I, and, and like, conversely, there's a lot of clients that come in that are like, super terrified and super stressed out and really anxious and like it's those clients and I'm like I don't know if it's because I'm I am a mom like my I have a 17 year old teenager so like I've done excuse me oh yeah I have a 17 year old are you sure (laughs) yeah I'm I'm 100 sure it makes me feel so old when I say that but I definitely have a 17 year old so I have that look good girl you look good Thank you. Botox, honestly. <laughs> Love my Botox injection nurse. He's incredible. Uh, but like, I have those clients that are super stressed out. And honestly, I have no problem talking you through your tattoo. If you need me to tell you every time I'm going to move on to a new section, if you need me to tell you, now I'm going to switch my needle. Now I'm going to start shading you. Now I'm going to do this technique. If you need me to walk you through the entire tattoo, I'll do it. Cause I want to make sure that you are okay. I constantly check in with my clients like, Hey, how are you doing? Are you okay? If you need a break, let me know. It's not a big deal. I never, ever want to make someone feel like, like they don't want to be there or like they're uncomfortable or like they're having a bad time. Like I hate getting tattooed. I'm covered in tattoos, but I hate getting tattooed. (laughs) I've been paying my dues for 20 years and I'm so over getting tattooed. That shit hurts, dude. (laughs) I only have the painful places left. I just got my throat finished this year. I would never do it again. I love it and I don't regret it. It's gorgeous. 
I would never do it again. I think two places that I, well, one of them for work, perfect. Like I wouldn't get my neck just because of the type of work that I do. Um, but called job stoppers for a reason. Oh my gosh. I roll to that one. Um, (laughs) but then there's your foot, which I heard is like, and I've got like little feet and, and it's not, I know it's not about the size. It's about the type of skin. And Yeah. yeah, I feel like I got my ribs and I got my fingers in my hand. I think I've gone pretty close to the most painful areas that you can get. So I'm solid with that. Uh, I think I might want to no, actually get another hand tattoo. Oh, there right. too. Yes. I do have a tattoo that goes, that wraps around oh. slightly. That was, that was my second tattoo. And that was quite something. Yep. <laughs> yep. That, that, and like the, the like elbow ditch and the knee ditch and the, actually the calf, the calf can be pretty painful on people too. Hmm. Mm-hmm. okay just in general this- everyone like tattoo like if you want to get a tattoo don't expect that you're going to a you know a spa and they're just no. going to gently tap your skin just you know don't don't go you know in with that expectation you know what's totally crazy though and like I wish that I could tattoo myself all the time because I have clients that fall asleep on me while I'm tattooing them I know people who do that I don't know how they do it. I don't know. I don't know if it's because I'm so light-handed or, or, or what is happening with their kind of pain tolerance that I clearly don't have anymore in my like almost forties. Uh, but like, this is a regular occurrence for me. I've had people fall asleep on me while I'm doing their eyebrows. I've had people fall asleep on me while I'm tattooing them. Like big pieces with like heavy black shading and they're just snoozing away yeah and I'm like like, you know wake me when you're done yeah yeah and I'm just like motioning to my coworker, like can you leave this this person right now like I wish that was me I wish I was able to sleep through tattoos like I almost get like jealous about it like I'm like why you're like hey wake up you're supposed to be feeling pain tell me your tell me your secrets I need to know the secrets to sleeping through tattoos because I would love that to happen oh my gosh honestly Cassandra it's been such a pleasure to talk to you and to get to know more about the industry before we head off I'd love to go through a lightning round of questions there's three questions uh really the responses are like one word to a sentence I know one word is always super tricky um but yeah it's lightning round for a reason uh so the first question is uh if you weren't a tattoo artist or a microblader what do you think you would be doing? Honestly, I couldn't see myself doing something that isn't arts-based because um, that's just so deep-rooted inside of me. But when I was younger, I actually had a super fascination for chemistry and I wanted to be a biochemist until I realized that I was really, really shit at math. <laughs> So many yeah. of us get to that point. Where we're just like, yeah, this seems great. Like I wanted to be a vet um, or a vet tech. Yeah. And it was like, oh, um, yeah. So about math and science. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's I love it, but I just like, I can't, like, it's so fascinating to me, but I can't, I can't do math to save my life. Like I can't do simple math. It's, it's pretty bad. It's true. You know what? Math gets to a point where you're just like, well, why is this the way this is? And yeah. then when I was in school, it was like, well, that's just the way it is. And I just couldn't be okay with that answer. No. So I'm just like, 
math was always a mystery to me. I think I had a tutor all the way up and like I had a tutor all throughout high school and it, it still, it still doesn't really click that well, high school math. Uh, so it's okay. No. Yeah. I, I feel you on that one. Yeah. <laughs> Biochemistry. Wow. All right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Biochemistry to, 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 ta to tattooing. Yeah. Very different science yeah. to it. Yeah. Very different parts of the brain for sure. Yeah. Uh, okay. Second question. Do you have any pre tattoo rituals or like pre game rituals or like a way that you zone in and get in the zone for a tattoo before a client comes in? Um, so I, like, I actually suffer from severe anxiety. Ah. Um, yeah. Uh, like crippling anxiety. So oftentimes before a tattoo, I will put myself into a meditative state and I'll use my Calm app. By the way, Calm, you should sponsor me because your yearly membership is really fucking expensive. It's crazy. Um, it's crazy, but I love it. I use it every day. Um, it's great. So yeah, the, voices, the voices on there, the celebrity voices. You know what? I think like the, the maker of Calm, Tamara Levitt, she's the one that I listen to the most. And ah. she- voice just like just chills me right out I love it um so I'll do that before tattooing and then when I'm tattooing I like to listen to music that I can vibe to and <laughs> subconsciously I end up singing to my clients a lot of the time yeah and like I don't realize I don't realize that I'm singing to them and then they'll be like oh you have you have such a pretty voice and I'm I'm like embarrassed I'm like oh shit was I singing again like I'm sorry <laughs> Yeah, just Honestly, like, ask your mom. I, I bet you I've sung to your mom while I was tattooing. <laughs> and you know what? Again, like, it's just, it's one of those experiences where you get so vulnerable. And especially when you're getting a tattoo that takes more than an hour, even up to an hour, you get For to sure. know that person and their little quirks. And, and that's just the nature of it. Yep. It's great. Yep. All right. Last but not least. Okay. What is one piece of advice that you would give current female artists, more specifically those in Toronto or those aspiring to enter the industry? Honestly, find a really good, solid mentor. Um, mm. Find a person who, you know, sees your value um, and sees your potential uh, like in arts or like if you're going into cosmetic tattooing, like sees your potential. Um, you know, like I know you can pay money for, for microblading courses and stuff, or like you have to pay money for microblading courses. It's not the same with tattooing, but just make sure that you really do your, your research if you wanna pursue that industry. And also be fully aware that like, it is such a heavily saturated industry that you, have to, really, you have to really want it it's, it's just like when I was in makeup school and, you know, between the two main makeup schools in Toronto, they were graduating over a hundred kids every six months. Mm. And you're now competing with a hundred people who want it just as bad as you do. Yeah. You know, so you have to, you have to really want it. It's not a hobby. It's not an add-on service. It's not a hobby. It is a, a lifestyle because as a tattooer, I am working, I work all day at the shop, tattooing and or drawing, designing. And then I come home and I continue to draw until I go to bed and I wake up and I repeat. Like I'm 
like I've got my iPad in my lap and I'm like eating like two bites and then continuing to draw. And like, by the time I'm done, my, my little bowl of dinner or whatever, it's cold, but like, that's my life. I'm constantly eating, as a tattooer, I am constantly eating cold food. And that's, and that's the thing, right? When you, when you find something like that, it's not even, it's not even a job anymore. It's like you said, it's a lifestyle. It's your passion. It's what you live, breathe, eat. And yeah, it's, it's like a little bit of an obsession in a sense where you're just like, you're just working at trying to get better. I feel, I feel similarly towards teaching where I'm constantly thinking, how can I make this better? How can I cater this to this particular child to make it easier for them to learn, to make it fun for them to learn? And that, yeah, I, I feel like I chased that, that want for passion for so long. And now, I mean, I still feel like I'm quite young where, you know, my passion could change. I feel like at any point in your life, your passion could change. You change as a person constantly, but I feel like I'm finally experiencing what you're experiencing um, in a way that, yeah, I've never experienced before where I'm just so passionate about it that I just want to, con- I want to be doing it all the time. Now I realized more- that we need more teachers yes. like you. I, I have, I have a learning disability too, where it takes me like a, they said like a minute longer to process information because I'm extra processing it. But if I had had more teachers growing up that actually were passionate about teaching, mm it would have made a world of difference for me. So thank you for that. And like on, you know, like from my part as a mother too, thank you for that because we need more teachers that actually give a shit. Yeah. I mean, like you said too, I wouldn't see it any other way. Like when you were talking about, you know, walking your clients through the tattoo process or like if they change their mind about something, you are so invested in your craft that you're just like, whatever is best for you. And that's how I feel about my students. Whatever is best for you, I'm going to do that. Uh, Because things like teaching, things like art, I mean, you know, any field in general, I mean, maybe, maybe science, I don't know, because I'm not familiar with the industry. uh, (laughs) But it's not so black and white. You are no. dealing with people here. There is yeah. nothing black and white about people in terms of their personality and dealing with them as an individual, right? No. And so we can't be so, you know, rigid on our beliefs or our practices because of that. Just, you know, you know just like we're ever evolving people, people are too. And, you know, as, as individuals who are in, you know, more of that customer service realm. Yeah. We have to be adaptable to that. Totally. Um, you know, and like before, before we like end it, I'm going to tell you this story really, really quickly. Please. I had, I had a client, um, who was scheduled with me for about a month and she sent me all these reference pictures and, and a picture of what she originally, like what she wanted me to work around. I thought I had a really good handle on what we were going to do. And I spent like you know, hours and hours and hours designing this beautiful, super, or, super ornate piece for her. And she came in on the day and I showed her what I had drawn and she was immediately like, I hate it. And I was like, part of me was like, oh, like knife to the heart. Like, oh, that sucks. Your throat dropped in your stomach. Yeah. And then she just like, she just broke down in tears. And I was like, 
I was taken aback because I was like, you couldn't possibly hate it that much that I just made you cry with a drawing. What had happened was she had her brows done really poorly the week before and it just sent her, her not liking my drawing just sent her over the edge. And it was like, she's like, she said the words to me, I can't, I can't handle another person letting me down this week. And I was Ugh. like, holy shit. So now all of this is on my lap. And what I did was I said, okay, come and sit with me at my station. I've got my iPad. I'm going to take a better picture of your existing tattoo. And we're going to draw together. I'm going to draw for you and you're going to tell me what you want to see and we'll erase stuff and we'll add stuff. You're my only client today. It's not a big deal. We're going to take our time and give you something that you love. And she was so thankful for me taking the time to do that with her. When she left her tattoo appointment, she was like over the freaking moon with what we tattooed, with what I tattooed on her because we actually took the time to sit down and design it together. Granted, I don't have that. I don't have the luxury of doing that for every single client. And I wish okay. that I could, but in those moments of like serious, serious need, I'm so thankful that I was able to do that for her because I wasn't prepared to be another reason why this person felt let down by humanity that week, you know? Yeah. And, and that's what sets you apart. And that's why as we end this episode, you need to tell everyone where they can find you because, you know, when we're going through such an experience, again, adrenaline running, you know, such a fun, thrilling experience. It can also be one fill of emotions and you yeah. want to be in hands that you trust. And so having this conversation, uh, we're making a, an appointment very, very soon. And well, at least I am. Because that this is this is what it is, right? When you connect to somebody on this level, yeah. the the boundaries and you know all of the guards that you put up, it they slowly fade away, and it just becomes that much better of an experience. Whether you be in the tattoo industry, whether you be in I don't know, whether you work at a bookstore. Like it doesn't yeah. matter if you are working with, if majority of your work is working with others, you need to gain their trust. You need to yeah. level with them and you need to do what is in the best interest of them as well as yourself because you're involved in that experience. So yeah, like I said, feel free to plug yourself, let every know, let everyone know where they can find you. Okay. So right now I'm just working out of private studios. And I'm also going to be traveling like out West a bunch this winter to do guest spots like Whistler, potentially Banff, Vancouver. I'm jealous. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, there's going to be a lot of guest spots happening. So keep your eye on my Instagram, which is my tattoo Instagram is no pants Friday. It's very hard to forget. Cassandra, look for my little cute blonde ponytail right now. I'm rocking the pink, but Yep. No Pants Friday is where you can find me on Instagram and I'll be posting all my updates as per uh, where I'll be guest spotting. And other than that, you can come see me at Private Studio. Um, and then my cosmetic tattooing is Pura Vida Tattoos, P-U-R-A-V-I-D-A Tattoos on Instagram. Amazing. Yeah. And I will uh, put your handle in the uh, episode description 
So Perfect. everyone will see the correct spelling and easily find you. Again, Cassandra, thank you so much for taking the time out. I know I told you like, oh, it's going to be 45 minutes. Well, uh, almost an hour and a half later. Yep. <laughs> That's okay. that's what happens when two Gemini's get together and they just they just talk. Yeah, I know it's it's hard to stop. We have so many squirrel moments with like different, just like undeveloped ideas. Yep. <laughs> we just go with it. Well, enjoy yeah. the rest of your night. Um, you will definitely be hearing from me soon. And everybody who is tuned in, please go check out Cassandra and her incredible work. Uh, thank you so much again, and uh, and talk to you soon. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Brittany. No problem.